Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. John 7, 38 and 39, listen. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit's been given now. It's an actual product of being a Christian that you can receive. And I want it. That's what changes you. That's what makes you. That's what, listen, when you're... When your feeble bones are burdened and you don't know what to do. It's the Spirit of God that comes to you and quickens you. In those times when you feel like you can't get out of bed. In those times that you feel like that you're over. Listen, that you're heavy with sin. And you're overladen with sin and you don't know what to do. Maybe it's just a circumstance and you don't know where to go. You don't know which way is up. It's the presence of God. It's that Holy Spirit that begins to touch you. It begins to change your life. Life and when you get it inside of you, there is nothing more than you want than to get it out to someone else. But if you've never experienced the Holy Ghost, you will never understand what I'm talking about. It's almost as if every fiber in your being is standing up like the back of a cat, ready for what's going on. And I want that. Now, I understand not everybody in this place wants that, but you are missing the change of God in your life when you refuse it. Lord, help me. And so, it's one church, one community, one calls, one current, one vision, one faith, one river, Jesus Christ. Jesus only would love this message this morning. we got to get under the spout, church. we played games for too long. Why our community is rotting. Why our community is broken. Pastor, why in the world do we do all these community events? Because I want anybody that can come into the community to realize when they come on the grounds of the church that we are just like them. Well, how are we just like them? You were broken before you met the Lord. You were weak before you met the Lord. You were lost before you met the Lord. Some of you knew the Lord and went astray, but you've come back to Him. And I want you to understand today that He wants to touch you and we want to touch the community in every Every avenue that we can get a hold of them. Vision. Let's read about Saul again. Acts 13.9 Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. He's been changed, right? So the last time we seen Saul, he's blind. All of a sudden, his eyes are open. When he receives the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18. Now watch this. And be not drunk with wine wherein in excess. But be ye filled with the Spirit. Everyone say filled. The word filled is an interesting word here. Now I want to read this to you out of the Greek expositor. 
This word filled indicates the spirit takes possession. Now listen carefully. Of the mind or the heart. And then it has this little parenthesis. And it says C-O-R, the core. That's what the heart is. If you study the word heart, there's two words. It's the word cardiaz. It's where we get the word cardiac today. Now also the Old Testament word is the word lab. It reverts back to the Latin which means cardiaz, heart. Okay? It says the verb indicates that the spirit takes possession of the mind and the core, or the heart, the center of a man, or the believer. This position implies his control over the core and of the mind, the heart. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. But when he gets a hold of you, he not only takes care of the heart, he takes care of the mind. Satan wars against the mind. He wars solely, the Bible says, against the mind. Now watch. When when I was younger, to my shame, I know what it is to be under the influence of alcohol. When you're under the influence of something... It'll cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do because it changes your personality. I want you to understand those things change your personality. Whether it be alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever addiction that you have. I'm going to use alcohol for this understanding. So when you get under the influence of of alcohol, it causes you to do things that you wouldn't normally do because it changes your personality. Let, let, let me give you an example. If, if I'm a quiet person, and, and you all know that I am, if, if I get under the influence of alcohol, all of a sudden I might jump up on the table, and I might get all boisterous, and I might begin to sing because I'm under the influence of something. And I know that there's people in this room that's been under the influence of something, and it's caused them to change their attitude. It's caused them to change their mind. It's caused them to change the core of who they are. But here's what I want you to understand, is when you get under the, the flow of the Holy Spirit, it causes you to act in a way that you wouldn't normally act. Why? Because you are intoxicated with the power of God. It begins to change who you are. So you might love in a way that you've never loved. You might have compassion in a way that you've never had compassion. You might praise in a way that you would never praise before. Why? Because you're under the influence of the flow of the vision. You understand that? Lord, help me. But he says, be not drunk with wine wherein excess or debauchery. But be you filled under the control of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the comparison here? There's a huge comparison in the physical and in the spiritual. We have been influenced too long by things of the physical. And what God is saying literally in these verses is let go of your control over these physical things because they cannot help you. As a matter of fact, every time that I know myself to get drunk or intoxicated, I found myself in trouble. Now, I don't know about you, but I got in a lot of trouble when I was intoxicated under the influence of something that wasn't me. And Jesus Christ says, I I know that you can recognize it. 
So I want you, because you can recognize it, he uses wine himself to give you the understanding of the intoxication that can occur when you get under the control of something else. He says, I want you to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And so then you don't need those other things. Are you, do you know why that we normally do those things? Is because we need something in our life. So we take those things to us because there's some kind of need. What Jesus Christ is saying is you don't need anything anymore. You have the flow of the Spirit. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it's okay. But I want, him, want you to let Him control you. I want you to let Him do things. With you that are not natural to you. Listen, if you so many times, and I'm, I'm going to show you some things here just in a minute. If you push him down and, and don't let him out and, and you continue to reject him and reject him. And, and Lord, I can't raise my hands. Lord, I'm reserved. I'm that kind of person. I'm this kind of person. We have all kinds of excuses. Eventually, you're going to sit in the church house numb. And wonder, why is God not touching me anymore? It's because you continued and continued and continued. To refuse him. Now listen. Pastor, how do I know that he's controlling me? Well, I don't give you my opinion, so let's go to the book and see what it says. Galatians 5, through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say fruit. Now watch this. How many people understand he did not say fruits with an S? He said the fruit. Let's read, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and the lusts. S, there's multiple lusts. Now, I've seen Christians for years go through, see, we think it's the grocery store of heaven. And we think, well, I'm a Christian now, so there's a, a few things that, that are close to the way I am, so I'm going to go ahead and grab some meekness. And I'm going to come over here, and, and there's some temperance right here, and I'm going to grab it. Oh, look, goodness, and it's, and it's plenty, so I'm going to take a whole bunch of it because I'm, I'm good. That's not what it said. What it said was the fruit. That means it's all like in a bundle and you get it all. And if you don't have it all, you're in trouble because you're not under the flow of the vision of Christ for your life. You can't just pick it out. It's not God's grocery store. You get it all. You get it all. For all of you that think I'm negative, when you get a hold of Jesus Christ, you get it all. I want positive reformation today. You get it all. You get love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Whoo! Let's get excited. Now, when you get under the flow and the influence, he tells you how he'll develop you. Let's see what it says in Psalms 127. Except the Lord bid the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Boy, I don't have time for that. But I'm all, can, can, can I just read it to you again? It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late. This is the part. To eat the bread of sorrows. Oh. You know how many negative Nancys are in the church? 
Oh, pastor, this is going on in my life. Pray. Oh, pastor, I got this issue. Pray. You know, when I, when I, was, when I was learning and studying under Brother Barr, he would take me into the office and people would go on and on and he would say, you need to pray. I, let me bind with you in prayer. And I thought, pastor... You're a wise man. How stupid is that? They come for you, to you for some kind of help and you say pray. What I didn't realize as a young minister was the only help they could get was prayer. So the only response that we have as men of God is pray. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. That's what we got to do. We got to pray. We, we're not negative people. If you know the Lord, you're not negative because you were bought by the blood of the Lamb. And let me tell you something. It begins to change the core of who you are. It changes your mind. It gets you excited. When you walk into that place of work and there's everybody around you is broken, you can introduce them to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, I want you to go to work tomorrow and say, I know how to fix your problem. Pray. And I've only made it like to verse 2. Don't eat the bread of sorrow, he says. So he giveth his beloved sleep. Who's his beloved? But blood-bought believers. Church. Amen. Some of you have not been to sleep in days. That's craziness. When you go to sleep, you should sleep like a baby. Do you know why? Because he died on a cross. It don't matter what's going on in your life. Some, somebody said to me just the other day, well, I'm a worrier. Are you kidding me? You're a worrier? If you're worried, you're not, you're not receiving what Jesus Christ has for you. Don't worry. Don't eat the bread of sorrows. Sleep. He says, lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. I love this. Everything is for you in Psalms 127. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of your youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy at the gate. Who speaks with the enemy at the gate? Your children. How does your children speak with the enemy at the gate? Because you got under the spout where the glory comes out. You got into the flow of the current. You begin to reach out and speak to the Lord. And the Lord begin to speak back to you. And there's going to come a time in your life where you're too old to stand up and shout and scream. But your children, that's why it's wise. Your children will speak to the enemy at the gate. Hmm. Let me just tell you somebody, there may be somebody in this house today, and you think, well, uh, maybe I'm not blessed by the Lord that, because I don't have children, but what, 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 what would happen if you begin to adopt children out of the house of God? And listen, you begin to reach out and touch them and instruct them and guide them, and God lets you be adopted. They're adopted parents, and they were raised up to shake a generation. Listen, don't count yourself out. You may not have offspring that are birthed from you, but God may have something totally different planned for you don't be a negative Nancy 
Because children come in different ways. Lord, help me. I need to quit. Listen, when, I, when we were singing that song, I want to show you something. I, I've been reading it, and I've, I've got a couple notes here. I'll have to flip to them in a minute, but I want to read you something. And I could have read them off my iPad, but God told me to get my Bible. Okay, listen, verse 14, Genesis. Fellows, just settle down back there. You don't even have this. This is like download 15 minutes ago. Well, it's probably been an hour now. Chapter, Genesis chapter 21. Listen, verse 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder. And the child sent her away, and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And, uh, and the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under the shrub. And she went and sat down over again against him a good way off, as if a bow shot. For she said, let not... Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of the heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water. Oh my goodness, I, I, you don't understand. Sure. And gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad. And he grew and dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him, a wife, out of the land of Egypt. Listen to me. You don't get it yet, but I'm going to explain it to you. Hagar's vision... In her life was to be a mother. That was everything that she was. Well, Pastor, now here we go because you got Ishmael and he's the Persian. He, he's the Palestinian people and, and he's the, the, he, his nation, the nation that is raised up is the nation that goes against God's people. Why are you even reading these verses? It's a negative connotation. No, it isn't. Because Abraham sinned. Sarah and Abraham had a covenant. It was a covenant that was so strong that God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah. God changed Abram to Abraham. And he created a covenant with them. But they were, he said, the Bible says that God created a covenant with them in their old age. And so they thought, well, this can't happen. This is not possible. I don't know how I'm going to get, get, get a hold of this. So Sarah got this bright idea because the flesh always wins. The flesh always wins. Why does it win? Because we haven't read our Bible. And so they didn't have a Bible back then. So the Bible tells us that she sent Hagar in and Abraham had a son with Hagar. Now, Ishmael, I want you to understand, was older than Isaac. But Ishmael was the son of the flesh while Isaac was the son of promise now we see that Abraham in verse 14 sends them out and all he gives them was a bottle of Fuji water and says go on your way and then we see that she went as far as the water would take her and as when the water took her as far as it would go she laid the vision she laid Ishmael under a shrub and she couldn't take the issue she couldn't take the problem she wanted to be as far as she 
could be because she didn't want to hear the anguish. She didn't want to hear the crying. She didn't want to hear the pain. But the Bible says that she began to pray. But I want you to see it because God did not answer her. Did you see it? Listen. And she went and set herself down against him a good way off as a bow throw. For she said, let me not see the death of this child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. She began to speak to the Lord. Verse 17. Now watch. This is the game changer. And God heard the voice of the lad. He didn't answer her prayer. God heard the voice of the lad and held and held him in the hand. No, I'm, I'm off. I got to quit walking. God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of the heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. She lays her vision under a shrub. She can't stand it. She don't want the anguish. She don't want the pain. She begins to cry out because her vision is about to die. Her vision is broken. Her vision is nothing. God, why would you give me a vision if I can't, if I can't carry the vision? Why would you give me a vision if you're going to let it die? But I want you to understand that God heard the vision, the lad crying. When you let your vision go, if God put the vision inside of you he will begin to allow the vision to cry out pick up your vision today run back to the place pick it up oh are you hearing oh that's not it listen you, you you're really not getting it today lord let me find this oh help me god listen verse 17 and god heard the voice of the lad and the angel of God called to Hagar out of the heaven and said unto her, What ailest thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad here. Listen, he said, Go back, pick up the vision. Pick up your vision, church. What you've laid down. See, what we've had in our lives, I'm talking to church people right now. We've had vision that God gave us. And it's been hard. And it's been rough. And it's caused us to be broken down because we've got to carry the vision. And we feel like the vision is not going to be sustained. And why did God give me the vision? Because the vision is broken. If God gave you a vision, the vision will continue. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now listen, verse 19. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. She she went and picked up the baby. She went and picked up her vision. And she began to pour what? Water back into the vision. The Bible, when we see water, it represents the Holy Spirit of God. You don't have to stretch anywhere to get this. I want you to understand that the, the Spirit of God began to be poured back into the vision. Why? Oh, I, let me just keep reading. Listen, the Bible tells us. Let me just bring this down here. Verse 20. And God was with the lad. And he grew and dwelt in the wilderness. And became an archer. He became a great nation the Bible says. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. 
God made him a great nation. Okay, let's talk about that. Because what we don't tend to do is we tend to read the word and we don't tend to study the word. The word Beersheba, I want you to understand, I've only found one reference in the Bible ever. And the, the reference that I found was to seven oneself. It means to stand. It's, it's found with, when you're talking about Ishmael, Esau, and Jacob. The Bible says that when he came for the soup, that Ishmael, he, or, what is wrong with me? Esau sevened himself. He gave his birthright away. That word Beersheba means to seven oneself. But that's not all. Let me read what I found. Listen, this word literally means to swear an oath seven times and not break it. The word wilderness here is the only time it's found in the Bible that I can found. The word means to subdue and to arrange. So what God said is, when, listen, when she's walking away from her vision, when she's broken, when she's messed up, when she can't seem to get a, a hold of herself, what I want you to understand, that she was already walking in the oath and the completion of subduing and arranging the vision. God had already planned for it to be so. Are you hearing me? Now, now watch. The word Paran, the Bible says that he... He lived in the wilderness of Paran. Now, when you study that word wilderness, it means a desolate place. This other word wilderness, it doesn't mean that. It means an oath, completion. When, when you study the word Paran, it means a place of boasting. So God made him a great nation. And he put him in a place of boasting. The word actually and literally means an ornament of boasting. What I'm telling you is what man meant for evil. God turned around with his vision. It was already in his plan. It was already part of his purpose. You left your vision to die. You let it go. You said, I don't want anything to do with it. But God gave you purpose while you walked in what you thought was the wilderness. He said so. Subdue it and arrange it because I've already made it so. I've created an oath with you. I've sevened myself. And it's yours. Don't lay down your vision. I want people to come to the house of God with their vision. I want people right now in this place, you, you can go to the piano. I want people right now in this place that think I've left my vision. I can't do it anymore. I'm broken. I'm messed up. There's nothing that I can do. So I've laid my vision down and I don't want to hear it. Cry. I'm running away from it. Because I, I don't want to hear what it has to say. I don't want to experience the pain that it goes through. I don't want to listen to it cry out. I don't want to listen to any of these things anymore. So I'm laying my vision down. And I'm going afar off. There are church people that have done that all over the world. They've sat in church houses for years and they've never been taught that the vision is a current. They've never been taught that what you, sometimes what you see does not agree with what God's telling you. When you get down to the place where what you see does not agree with what God is telling you, you feel in the flesh like you're in trouble. But I want you to understand that is when God shows himself 
out. Subdue it. Hear what I'm saying to you. Everybody stand with me. Let God touch you. God has a vision for this church that far exceeds anything that I can explain to you. If I begin to talk to you about the vision that God had for this place, some of you would be scared to death. I want you to understand, vision does not just incorporate the people. Vision incorporates the lost, the broken, the weak, the weary. What are you saying, pastor? I want the redneck, barefooted hillbilly and bibs with no teeth to sit next to the college professor. I want the doctor to sit next to the broken. And God does too. I, I, I want the lawyer to sit next to the convict. Because see, our lives take different turns. As a matter of fact, Alex, is he's not like you, Grace. And that maybe people on this side are not like people on this side. But I want you to understand, when you come under the unity of God, the doctor can sit down with the person with an ailment. And the lawyer can sit down with the, the convict. You know why? Because you have one purpose, one cause, one commitment, Jesus Christ. And when this church gathers together the understanding of their unity in the flow of Jesus Christ, you will pick up your vision again. Oh, I'm speaking prophetically to you today. You will pick up your vision again. You've laid down your vision. You can't do it anymore. Pick it up again. Pick it up again. God's calling you to. Amen. So, today if you've laid down your vision, if you've laid down what God has given you, right now is the time to pick it up again. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.